0: section fifty four part two chapter six continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco Ibanez, translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain the german officers wanted to die with upraised swords after having exhausted the shots in their revolvers they advanced upon their assailants followed by the soldiers who still obeyed them there was a scuffle a wild melee to the trembling spectator it seemed as though the world had fallen into profound silence the yells of the combatants the thud of colliding bodies the clang of arms seemed as nothing after the cannon had quieted down he saw men pierced through the middle by gun points whose reddened ends came out through their kidneys muskets raining hammer-like blows adversaries that grappled in hand-to-hand tussles rolling over and over on the ground trying to gain the advantage by kicks and bites the mustard-colored fronts had entirely disappeared and he now saw only backs of that color fleeing toward the exit filtering among the trees falling midway in their flight when hit by the pursuing balls many of the invaders were unable to chase the fugitives because they were occupied in repelling with rude thrusts of their bayonets the bodies falling upon them in agonizing convulsions don marcelo suddenly found himself in the very thick of these mortal combats jumping up and down like a child waving his hands and shouting with all his might when he came to himself again he was hugging the grimy head of a young french officer who was looking at him in astonishment he probably thought him crazy on receiving his kisses on hearing his incoherent torrent of words emotionally exhausted the worn old man continued to weep after the officer had freed himself with a jerk he needed to give vent to his feelings after so many days of anguished self-control vive la france his beloved french were already within the park gates they were running bayonets in hand in pursuit of the last remnants of the german battalion trying to escape toward the village a group of horsemen passed along the road they were dragoons coming to complete the rout, but their horses were fagged out nothing but the fever of victory transmitted from man to beast had sustained their painful pace one of the equestrians came to a stop near the entrance of the park the famished horse eagerly devouring the herbage while his riders settled down in the saddle as though asleep desnoyers touched him on the hip in order to awaken him but he immediately rolled off on the opposite side he was dead with his entrails protruding from his body but swept on with the others he had been brought thus far on his steady steed enormous tops of iron and smoke now began falling in the neighborhood the german artillery was opening a retaliatory fire against its lost positions the advance continued There passed toward the north battalion squadrons and batteries worn weary and grimy covered with dust and mud but kindled with an ardor that galvanized their flagging energy the french cannon began thundering on the village side bands of soldiers were exploring the castle and the nearest woods from the ruined rooms from the depths of the cellars from the clumps of shrubbery in the park from the stables and burned garage came surging forth men dressed in greenish gray and pointed helmets they all threw up their arms extending their open hands camarades camarades non caput! with the restlessness of remorse they were in dread of immediate execution they had suddenly lost all their haughtiness on finding that they no longer had any official powers and were free from discipline some of those who knew a little french spoke of their wives and children in order to soften the enemies that were threatening them with their bayonets a brawny teuton came up to desnoyers and clapped him on the back it was redbeard he pressed his heart and then pointed to the owner of the castle franzosen great friend of the franzosen and he grinned ingratiatingly at his protector don marcelo remained at the castle until the following morning and was astounded to see georgette and her mother emerge unexpectedly from the depths of the ruined lodge they were weeping at the sight of the french uniforms it could not go on sobbed the widow god does not die after a bad night among the ruins the owner decided to leave villeblanche what was there for him to do now in the destroyed castle the presence of so many dead was racking his nerves there were hundreds there were thousands the soldiers and the farmers were interring great heaps of them wherever he went digging burial trenches close to the castle in all the avenues of the park in the garden paths around the outbuildings even the depths of the circular lagoon were filled with corpses how could he ever live again in that tragic community composed mostly of his enemies farewell forever castle of vie blanche he turned his steps toward paris planning to get there the best way he could he came upon corpses everywhere but they were not all the gray-green uniform many of his countrymen had fallen in the gallant offensive many would still fall in the last throes of the battle that was going on behind them agitating the horizon with its incessant uproar everywhere red pantaloons were sticking up out of the stubble hobnailed boots glistening in upright position near the roadside livid heads amputated bodies stray limbs and scattered through this funereal medley red kepis and oriental caps helmets with tufts of horsehair twisted swords broken bayonets guns and great mounds of cannon cartridges dead horses were strewing the plain with their swollen carcasses artillery wagons with their charred wood and bent iron frames revealed the tragic moment of the explosion rectangles of overturned earth marked the situation of the enemy's batteries before their retreat amidst the broken cannons and trucks were cones of carbonized material the remains of men and horses burned by the germans on the night before their withdrawal in spite of these barbarian holocausts corpses were everywhere in infinite numbers there seemed to be no end to their number it seemed as though the earth had expelled all the bodies that it had received since the beginning of the world the sun was impassively flooding the fields of death with its waves of light in its yellowish glow the pieces of the bayonets the metal plates the fittings of the guns were sparkling like bits of crystal the damp night the rain the rust of time had not yet modified with their corrosive action these relics of combat but decomposition had begun to set in graveyard odours were all along the road increasing in intensity as desnoyers plodded on toward paris every half-hour the evidence of corruption became more pronounced many of the dead on this side of the river having lain there for three or four days bands of crows at the sound of his footsteps rose up lazily flapping their wings but returning soon to blacken the earth surfeited but not satisfied having lost all fear of mankind from time to time the sad pedestrian met living bands of men platoons of cavalry gendarmes zouaves and chasseurs encamped around the ruined farmsteads exploring the country in pursuit of german fugitives don marcelo had to explain his business there showing the passport that lacour had given him in order to make his trip on the military train only in this way could he continue his journey these soldiers many of them slightly wounded were still stimulated by victory they were laughing telling stories and narrating the great dangers which they had escaped a few days before always ending with we are going to kick them across the frontier their indignation broke forth afresh as they looked around at the blasted towns farms and single houses all burned like skeletons of prehistoric beasts many steel frames twisted by the flames were scattered over the plains the brick chimneys of the factories were either leveled to the ground or pierced with the round holes made by shells were standing up like giant pastoral flutes forced into the earth near the ruined villages the women were removing the earth and trying to dig burial trenches but their labor was almost useless because it required an immense force to inter so many dead we are all going to die after gaining the victory mused the old man the plague is going to break out among us the water of the river must also be contaminated by this contagion so when his thirst became intolerable he drank in preference from a nearby pond but alas on raising his head he saw some greenish legs on the surface of the shallow water the boots sunk in the muddy banks the head of the german was in the depths of the pool he had been trudging on for several hours when he stopped before a ruined house which he believed that he recognized yes it was the tavern where he had lunched a few days ago on his way to the castle he forced his way in among the blackened walls where a persistent swarm of flies came buzzing around him the smell of decomposing flesh attracted his attention a leg which looked like a piece of charred cardboard was wedged in the ruins looking at it bitterly he seemed to hear again the old woman with her grandchildren clinging to her skirts monsieur why are the people fleeing war only concerns the soldiers we country folk have done no wrong to anybody and we ought not to be afraid half an hour later on descending a hilly path the traveller had the most unexpected of encounters he saw there a taxicab an automobile from paris the chauffeur was walking tranquilly around the vehicle as if it were at the cab stand and he promptly entered into conversation with this gentleman who appeared to him as downcast and dirty as a tramp with half his livid face discolored from a blow he had brought out here in his machine some parisians who had wanted to see the battlefield they were reporters and he was waiting there to take them back at nightfall don marcelo buried his right hand in his pocket two hundred francs if the man would drive him to paris the chauffeur declined with the gravity of a man faithful to his obligations five hundred and he showed his fist bulging with gold coins the man's only response was a twirl of the handle which started the machine to snorting and away they sped there was not a battle in the neighborhood of paris every day in the year his other clients could just wait and settling back into the motor-car desnoyers saw the horrors of the battlefield flying past at a dizzying speed and disappearing behind him he was rolling toward human life he was returning to civilization as they came into paris the nearby empty streets seemed to him to be crowded with people never had he seen the city so beautiful he whirled through the avenue de l'opera whizzed past the place de la concorde and thought he must be dreaming as he realized the gigantic leap that he had taken within the hour he compared all that was now around him with the sights on that plain of death but a few miles away no no it was not possible one of the extremes from this contrast must certainly be false the automobile was beginning to slow down he must be now in the avenue victor hugo he couldn't wake up was that really his home the majestic concierge unable to understand his forlorn appearance greeted him with amazed consternation ah monsieur where has monsieur been in hell muttered don marcelo his wonderment continued when he found himself actually in his own apartment going through its various rooms he was somebody once more the sight of the fruits of his riches and the enjoyment of home comforts restored his self-respect at the same time that the contrast recalled to his mind the recollection of all the humiliations and outrages that he had suffered ah oh, the scoundrels two mornings later the doorbell rang a visitor there came toward him a soldier a little soldier of the infantry timid with his kepis in his hand stuttering excuses in spanish i knew that you were here i come to that voice dragging him from the dark hallway don marcelo conducted him to the balcony how handsome he looked the kepis was red but darkened with wear the cloak too large was torn and darned the great shoes had a strong smell of leather yet never had his son appeared to him so elegant so distinguished-looking as now fitted out in these rough ready-made clothes you you the father embraced him convulsively crying like a child and trembling so that he could no longer stand he had always hoped that they would finally understand each other his blood was coursing through the boy's veins he was good with no other defect than a certain obstinacy he was excusing him now for all the past blaming himself for a great part of it he had been too hard you a soldier he kept exclaiming over and over you defending my country when it is not yours and he kissed him again receding a few steps so as to get a better look at him decidedly he was more fascinating now in his grotesque uniform than when he was so celebrated for his skill as a dancer and idolized by the women when the delighted father was finally able to control his emotion his eyes still filled with tears glowed with a malignant light a spasm of hatred furrowed his face go he said simply you do not know what war is i have just come from it i have seen it close by this is not a war like other wars with rational enemies it is a hunt of wild beasts shoot without a scruple against them all every one that you overcome rids humanity of a dangerous menace he hesitated a few seconds then added with tragic calm perhaps you may encounter familiar faces family ties are not always formed to our tastes men of your blood are on the other side if you see any one of them do not hesitate shoot he is your enemy kill him kill him end of section fifty four